0: Hey y'all, it is Bro Lady here again, and today we are doing actually one of my favorite throwbacks. Is that funny for me to say? Because it's actually an episode with me. So you get to hear the voice and the production uh, behind the show today. It is the bros and I hanging out talking about life, and I'm so excited to share this episode. It's one of my favorite interviews that I've gotten to do, and I just hope that you enjoy. So next week, the bros will be back, and we will have a new episode for you, and we will get to hear all about the wedding and probably a fun life Catch up.
1: Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck
2: in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a
3: beautiful cruise into the sunset. Thank you,
1: well, on today's topic, we have a special guest with us, our bro lady, Jeanette Tapley. Um, She's going to be joining us, and we thought it would be a pretty cool episode. Jeanette has been along for the ride from the way beginning, um, back when John and I, I still remember driving, Craig, we all had the the idea, but John and I called her to, to see, I uh, heard of from her from a good friend of ours. Um, that she was a good consultant, somebody who could help us, but we really didn't bring her on today to talk about her consulting work, which we'll we'll probably get into a little bit more of her life story, which I personally and the, the bros agree find to be very, very neat. Her, um, getting married at a young age, her journey from Alaska to San Antonio and her, her three wonderful children, one of which, um, has been adopted which is a really cool story as well so we thought uh she'd be a, a great guest for the cast today Jeanette how are we doing girl
0: what's up bros I also feel like we need to say why you guys are called the bros which is what
2: I did <laughs> lay it out there bro lady. <laughs>
0: okay and I only I think I only like reluctantly told you guys when we like initially started working together but I would tell my husband all the time like who I'm working with and all this stuff and I said I'm going to have these three guys from Louisiana talking to me right now. And I just kind of offhandedly, I was like, yeah, these bros, they want to start a podcast. And so whenever I would talk about you guys, like, oh, yeah, the bros, blah, blah. And Jesse's like, what do, what, tell me about the bros why do you call them the bros? And I'm like, well, they're just these like three friends. And I didn't know anything about you guys other than like our little bits of conversation. So I didn't know ages. I didn't know, like, I kind of knew what you guys did, but I just assumed you guys are like this older friend group. And I just thought it was funny that I called you guys the bros. And Jesse's like, these are like three, like distinguished gentlemen in their Area, and we're just like calling them the bros. <laughs> I was like, yeah. totally <laughs> but now you guys are the bros. Well look
1: it works well with the fly language for sure. So and then I
0: can say yeah, bro no, lady.
1: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> and bro lady. <laughs> well it ended up being a perfect name because uh, you know, hot dog, one of his favorite words is bro. Everything's bro, bro. So it was a perfect fit. Whenever I heard you say that, I cracked up laughing and was like, Oh, that's That'll fit us perfect.
1: <laughs> I didn't even realize it was one of my favorite words till you called us the bros. And John, enlightened me that I say that all the time, to be honest.
0: My 11-year-old is always like, bro. Like, bro. Like, it's a very, my
1: 11-year-old is a very similar, hey. <laughs> That's perfect. We still keep it hip over here with our fly language capabilities. <laughs> my
2: 13-year-old is the same way, bro lady.
0: Well, I'm just happy
1: to be here. <laughs> nah, we're we're super excited to have you. And as you know, because you do our editing on our episodes, we do our weekly segment of Would You Rather. And so you kind of know a little bit about it. And it's Craig's turn this week. So, Craig, let's see what you got, buddy. Yes.
3: All right. So, Would You Rather, and Jed is obviously very familiar with it. Uh, we're going to throw out a couple options and just tell us what comes to heart when you hear it. And keeping with our theme, who's driving your car, I had to throw a little bit of a vehicle uh, analogy in there. So this is this is kind of uh, cool. Would you rather have a gas tank that's always full in your vehicle or have your cell phone always be fully charged?
0: Oh, I know. I know this one. I'm like, So, so uh, Jeanette, you go first. Because I already know it. I need my cell phone always fully charged. I don't care if my gas tank is on empty all the time. I know exactly, like, once it tells me E, I know exactly how far I can go until I have to get gas. That, that, have to get gas. My dad and State my husband ball. hate that about me. Uh, a
2: woman after my, uh, my wife's own heart. That's what she does. The same thing, too. But my
0: phone if my phone is always charged. Then I know that I can call for help whenever I need it.
3: Uh, that's true. That's true. That's good point. That's awesome. About you other guys, what y'all feel would come, uh, Matt, I see you kind of biting your lip there. You got something on your mind.
1: I don't know, man. I feel like this is a hard one to be completely honest with me. I would probably take, take the full tank of gas over the phone. Uh, I feel like if my phone was not always fully charged, I could just use a pay phone. I could use someone else's phone. If I had to, if I had a full tank of gas, I could at least get myself around, do what I wanted to do. Um, uh, don't really wanna
0: when was last run time, out of gas, etc. was the last time you used the payphone, Matt? <laughs> 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 like I really I really need to know. <laughs> Is that something you
3: do <laughs> uh, often? <laughs> He's probably never used the payphone in his life. <laughs> Matt, before you were born there was something called payphone
1: <laughs> well, that's a good point uh, I'm glad you could hop right in on the, picking on that wagon, perfect um, <laughs> I saw you coming out and I was like oh man, did about to say something? no, uh, I've never used payphone, we will be honest but I could use someone else's <laughs> I, could use, I could use I could use someone else's phone or I could ask um, you know someone I didn't know, I may have to pay to use a phone. If I had to, though, I feel like I could get what I needed to get done call-wise, but I'd like to be v-bopping around, still driving, and not ever worry about running out of gas. John?
2: Well, well for me, um, gas is a lot cheaper right now, so I'm thinking about it a little bit more. But uh, overall, I think I'd rather have a full gas tank. Um, I'm pretty resourceful. Um, so if I did run out of batteries on my phone, I think I could figure something out. Um, but I'm always ready to jump in the car and go and use it quite a bit. So I think I'd have to go with a full gas tank.
1: John, being resourceful, uh, that makes me think real quick about how John planned, short story here, not that we want to get on these. John planned at one point to hydro cool his house. So he got, he got a sprinkler, ran the hose up on his roof and water watered his roof during the middle of the day so that the temperature in his house, his air conditioner wouldn't have to run as much. So that so no telling of money to come up with was, the phone.
2: I was checking out an invention and now it now it's blown. He just released it to
3: the world. Patent
0: pending. Oh pat and pending.
3: Did it did did it keep the house cool? Just curious. It actually it did it actually did help quite a bit. But do
0: y'all have like in Texas we can't run. we can't have like our hoses going at a certain time of day, especially like in the summer. Do y'all have water restrictions? We do not. Louisiana. No, we just wait. We just, yeah. We have hydro cool. That's
1: what's happening. No. How about uh, you, Kirk?
3: From- well, you know, honestly, I went back and forth on this one a bunch. Of course, I, I, I do that a lot on my decision-making. Uh, but I think I settled on the cell phone with Jeanette. I, uh, what I first I was like, I could take perpetual road trips, but yeah, I kind of like to stop, stretch my legs, use the bathroom, get some snacks. So I'd have to fill up. I'd have a reason to fill up. And my phone, I've been busted a few times with that sucker on the last fringes of uh, battery power. And uh, like Jeanette said, I could call for help. Uh, I could always be in communication with anybody anytime without worrying about a plug. I could be in the tree house that y'all talked about or the cave, uh, one of the previous <laughs> episodes and uh still be able to talk to people. So that's my I'm gonna go with the cell phone on this one.
1: Craig, that might be one of the better would-you-rathers that we've had. I mean, that's it's actually a two, it's two, two actually tie here. It's kind
3: of thought-provoking. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, cool deal. Well, look, uh, before we get kind of, and I guess getting down the road, I think a nice, easy way to go would be, Jeanette, why don't you tell the audience here, our listening audience, a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do for a living, and then we can kind of go from there.
0: Yeah, um, so you guys said I'm Jeanette Tapley. I live in New Braunfels, Texas, which is just kind of in the middle of San Antonio and Austin. It's a perfect, perfect little area. We like being from here. Uh, We actually moved here eight years ago, which is kind of crazy. Um, We uprooted from Alaska. So my husband and I are both born and bred Alaskans, um, which we love Alaska. But Jesse still very much considers himself an Alaskan. And I'm like hardcore, like I belong in the South, like. Texas is my home (laughs) and I'm very happy. Um, so I am a mom to three little kids they're not little I'm a mom to big kids now 13 11 and Mm -hmm. 9 we are loving this big kids stage because we get to watch stupid shows like The Office with them (laughs) it's a lot of fun (laughs) Um, and they just like they're funny like they're funny kids and that's been a lot of fun to kind of like see their personalities as they get bigger um, our daughter Zoe, like you said, is adopted. She's from Africa. She's from the Democratic Republic of Congo. And she's actually deaf. So, so cool. yeah. So she's deaf. And so we're actually assigning family. We use ASL to communicate with her. Wow. For a living, I um I get to help people start podcasts and I um, edit and produce your guys' show along with um. I think I have eight other shows, including you guys and including my own. And I'm the podcast host of It's Time for Coffee, where I get to sit down with people weekly and just talk about life and uh, kind of what makes people tick and just like encouraging others to uh, live a less lonely life, even if that means just plugging in headphones while we go about our day or cook dinner or whatever. Um, I just get to sit with people and um, talk, which is like the, the Best thing in the world, like I love it, and then I get to sit and listen to people talk. <laughs> Basically, I sit and talk all day long, so it's a it's a joy. Um, and I never thought, even five years ago, that this would get to be my career. I never thought I would have a career, honestly, or that I would be an entrepreneur of any sorts. Um, but God really led me in this path, and man. Like even just sitting with you guys, like it's, it's so much fun because my clients become my friends. And so I get to have these really like unique um, interactions with people all over and um, have made some really cool friends. Like, gosh, I started one podcast for a girl who was in Australia. I started one for an army wife who's in Germany. Like, it's just really cool. Like I have this really neat branch of friends all across the world now because of what God's called me to do.
1: So cool. So what, um, what brought y'all down to the South from Alaska?
0: Oh man. Uh, really honestly, God, (laughs) like that's like, that's always like my Jesus answer. Like God uprooted us. Um, essentially my husband's in the oil field. And so we needed, uh, we wanted to move out of Alaska. We knew that it was time for us to kind of uproot, but we had to go somewhere with oil. And so our, um, like the places we could go were only were limited to oil. Uh, we knew we couldn't go to California because even with the oil field, uh, it's a little too expensive. Um, we looked at, I said like, please no Mississippi. Like I did not want to move to Mississippi. <laughs> uh, we looked at like the Gulf. Um, but really Texas is, Texas is like Alaska's sister with oil and everything. And so he applied for a job in San Antonio and got it. And then a few years later, he switched companies. And so now he's... Still in the oil field, but San Antonio was kind of like our, like, safety net, basically.
1: So, we know you're saying you weren't really fired up about Mississippi. Is that how you were feeling about Louisiana and just not telling us? No,
0: I actually, I didn't really (laughs) know anything about Louisiana. I only have a heart for Louisiana now because of uh, my best friend lives in Baton Rouge. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all, Wow. So, nice. I've been to Baton Rouge a couple of times and we went into New Orleans when we were there. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of Louisiana's grown on me. Louisiana confuses me, though. It's very confusing to me. It's like Florida. Florida confuses oh, sure. me, too. Because you have like.
2: Well, tell me about this. What, what confuses you about Louisiana. Maybe we can straighten this out right now. <laughs> I don't know if
0: you care. <laughs> Louisiana is interesting because you have um, like really great schools college you have a really great college <laughs> um and then the swamps and then the hurricanes and I just I don't and Mardi Gras <laughs> that's confusing to me a little bit um, swamp, swamp people it's it's just interesting to me but generally don't y- y'all don't have a beach like a nice beach
3: we do. We have a, a nice beach. Beach. We have baby. The word I nice beach? Is not, the word mm-hmm. I use to describe it though. It just is
0: confusing <laughs> to me cuz y'all are on I just I don't know. It just it, I I'm stumped when it comes to my my words for Louisiana. Basically, Louisiana okay. is a lot like Texas where y'all are very proud. Louisiana is very proud. And then I kind of wonder why like, why, why are we so proud of Louisiana? <laughs> and our interview's okay. over. I've been kicked out and fired.
1: <laughs> I'm glad we're getting some straight honesty here, because I am. I, I feel like everybody from Texas thinks they're so, everything's been in Texas. I think we're just nice, humble people over here. In- oh, yeah. in that's
0: what the Alaskan in me knows, that, like, Texas... If you cut Alaska in half, Texas would be the third largest state. Like, Alaska is bigger than Texas. Like, are, we all know that. Like, uh, yeah, Oh, know. you
2: better not talk like that in Texas. You oh, I know,
0: of- I know. We are <laughs> pretty quiet here. So, yeah, it's, um, I like Louisiana a lot. I should say that. I really do. <laughs>
3: Some people tend to like Louisiana, I think, because uh, besides having um, the best food in the country, the best culture in the country, the best family <laughs> dynamic in the country, and the best sporting—if you like to hunt and fish and outdoors—in the country, uh, that's one reason some people tend to gravitate towards <laughs> it. Uh, I don't know. What about you guys? What do y'all think?
1: Some of the best people in the country over I here. I believe
3: that. That's yeah, a, I people won't in that. the country. <laughs>
0: Newly ordained best uh, football team ever. And y'all in that championship.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Got some athletes over here. No, it's hilarious. I met my wife's from Texas, Orange, Texas, which I, I, I joked. I called it Orange, Louisiana. and She did not like that because um, <laughs> it's right across the border. But uh, they're very proud, yes. Um, but nonetheless, we've been married for you know, 21 years, and it, it grows on you. Just a little come through Louisiana every now and then. It's got some special it'll find a special place in your and heart. And
0: It's pretty. I will say that. Like it's so pretty. Uh we love the princess and the frog. Like well, you know, we like a lot. Good food. I will say though. I hate it when we Louisiana and say, Oh, make this. Start with a good roux. I'm like, okay. Uh how do I start with you? <laughs> start with a roux. Uh, what do you like, you know, just start with a roux and then and then move on. I'm like, no, no, no the rue part is where i'm stuck so we actually have some dear friends from louisiana and they gave us like they cheated for us and they bought us a jar of rue so whenever jesse cooks he's going to use that okay oh we're cheaters so you already
2: have you already have a leg up on it oh hopefully
1: and on the positive you're going to be coming through louisiana here in couple weeks and so maybe we can you know turn the dial a little bit for you when you stop through yeah
0: i like i said there's there's people i love there so i am happy to go there whenever i just get confused a little bit i've seen what's the Tigers so, mike, tiger funny. tony the tiger i've seen the tiger <laughs> mike, mike the tiger mike, mike the tiger and mm-hmm. here's the, you know it's, my kids are probably going to go to lsu so <laughs>
1: that would be epic
0: oh, well one wants to be a vet so if he doesn't get to a and m lsu's his next bet
2: i don't know if well i might have a tailgate
1: yeah. spot for him to stop by all right
0: well as long as there's people in here yeah. that can like make sure he lives
1: That's me. That's what I'm right here for, bro, lady. I'm driver and the one who's only making sure everybody's okay. I'm I'm good at that.
0: That's good. So So that was a long
3: detour. I apologize. Oh, that's great. Jeanette, I used to think that, uh, you know, me and my wife got married when we were 21, which is definitely young. That's compared to the norm these days. Most people are mid-20s to 30s, really. Now, 18, you definitely have me beat. So, How does one find themselves, uh, you know, getting married at 18? Are you finding that that special person at a young age? I think nowadays kids think they have to wait forever. And I don't know. If you find the one, you find the one.
0: It is – I can't imagine my 13-year-old in five years being like, hey, mom, I'm getting married. I'd be like, Okay.
3: <laughs> um but jesse
0: and i met um our story is kind of funny like he was actually dating a really good friend of mine and he um was just cutest thing. oh yeah he was just so cute i actually had a boyfriend too but my boyfriend broke up with me oh because i wouldn't have sex with him <laughs> so that's a fun story Um, so we broke up and Jesse and I were really, just really good friends. We worked together. Um, this is how you know we're from Alaska. We worked together on a fishing line, like the fishermen would bring the salmon in and we worked together, but we were the only two that could talk because he was doing the crane and I dealt with the fishermen, um, one-on-one. So I would like Jesse and I would talk about the weight and then I'd run up and talk to the fishermen. Um, so it's a very interesting story, but we, um, we just were really good friends and, and, I don't know. It's it's so childlike because we just kind of like fell in love, and then after two months, guys, after two months, we got engaged, and I was still in high school, still in high school, and my parents were okay with that. (laughs) So it's very.
1: Is this the norm out there in Alaska? It is
0: pretty normal to get married young in Alaska, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of our friends go off to college and get married like they'll go together. But we just got married and he was in the oil field and um yeah we just kind of like we were young and dumb and luckily it just worked out for us. <laughs> but I told right like my high school counselor talked, so my high school counselor was like, Why are you getting married? Why, like why do you have to do this right now? And I was like, Well, I mean like I could wait till after college, but like why would I wait? Like why not just do this now? And we were engaged for a full year because um, I had to finish high school. Um, parents, <laughs> emotionally, really, like, my parents yeah. wouldn't let us get married. <laughs> they said no. Brought your husband to prom. Okay. I did. So he actually proposed my my senior homecoming. Like, homecoming night, we left the wow. dance and got engaged. Wow.
1: Yeah. I knew we should have brought Jesse on today. This would have been perfect to get his <laughs> yeah, side. I feel yeah,
2: like we need to, die to die
0: have, him, have him on and have him tell his <laughs> side of the story. I probably... Like, oh,
1: oh, man. <laughs> um,
0: so, yeah, we just, we were just kind of like, okay, let's get married. And then our biggest goal growing growing as we grew was that we would grow up together in that way like at least we were growing up together and not growing apart a lot of our friends who got married young unfortunately are divorced and so we have almost 16 years of being really good best friends and there's been seasons where it's like hey we're leaning too much on this friendship where we don't want to just be roommates and people who really like each other. We need to like fight for love. And so um, that's been really, really kind of the battle of like growing up together and staying friends, but not being like, Hey pal, like we want to be a force to be reckoned with within our marriage.
2: Wow. That's incredible. absolutely. Wow. So getting married cool. so young, do you have any, uh, any specific challenges that stick out um, that, that, came about from y'all both being so young and getting your marriage started and getting your life started together
0: honestly finances have always been like a tricky spot for us not not necessarily now but you got he was 19 maybe he's 20 when we got married he's a little bit older than me but like you give two kids a full-time job like two full-time jobs and pretty good money and we just kind of like ran with it and I, I'm a pastor's kid so I didn't grow up with a ton of money and Jesse grew up with a little bit more money than I did but we were like able to buy whatever we wanted and they gave us credit cards <laughs> so we were like <laughs> in this dream life of like whatever we wanted we got and um so we had to like that was probably our biggest like stumbling block was like how do we make money <laughs> use that money well and I feel like that's even a lesson into our thirties that we're still, we're still like, how do we do this? Nobody, yeah. nobody taught us this. And like my, my little guy was doing like bank, like checks and balances and everything. And he's like, when did you learn to do this? I'm like, Oh, uh, last year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we saw that trip, that recent trip to Costco, that cart was full. Ooh, that I saw that. I was, I, saw that.
0: <laughs> I was texting him like, Hey, we're good for like groceries. Right. And he's like, yeah, we're good for groceries. Like just making sure our accounts are all in order. I'm texting him from Costco. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. Like we're good for a grocery run. I'm like, Costco is no normal grocery run. <laughs> like you need to know that like, Costco is serious business. So yeah, we're, we, um, that's one of the things like money has always been like a, we manage it really well now because we communicate a ton. And that's been like our biggest thing is like learning to communicate, staying on top of everything together instead of me turning a blind eye and being like, I'm sure we have the money for this. Bye.
2: Right.
1: Awesome.
2: So y'all, y'all been together for a while now. Do you have any tips on uh, how to keep things together between uh, a husband and a wife from a lady's perspective?
0: I would Something I've tried to do more is say yes more. But like to like, hey, do you want to go to the store with me? I like quarantine has actually been like kind of my dream. I don't mind being at home. I'm kind of a natural homebody. (laughs) So when he's like, do you want to go to Lowe's? I'm like, nah, I don't want to. And so I've tried to say yes more. Like, hey, do you want to go work out with me? Trying to say yes more. Sometimes, sometimes even yes more in other ways. I just have to be willing to like surrender my will a lot more. And that is a little bit hard for me. I like to have my own plans in my own ways. Um, but I also know what it means to him if I like, yeah, I'll go work out. Like, let's go work out together. Like that's totally fine. Or like the other day I even was like, um, we went to go pick up lunch. I was like, hey, do you want me to go with you? Like he thrives on together time and I don't need that together time. Like I, I don't need that, but trying to like make sure his like love language is met. So that's me saying yes in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm.
1: Which in y'all's particular situation doesn't Jesse work nights sometimes? He does, yeah. Because I, I know we've had some late night discussions <laughs> on the podcast. You're working at all hours, and you told me one time, yeah, he's he's going sometimes at night, so that's when I can really get a lot of stuff done, etc.
0: Yeah, so and that's that's one of the ways I try to be really flexible is with his schedule. I try to make sure that like if he's on nights, that's a, that's a perfect example. When he's on nights, he'll sleep till about noon. And especially when the kids were in school, if I could make sure to be like totally off and present with him, like noon to five, that way it was like our time, family time, then I knew that I could pick work back up when I put the kids to bed at eight 30. And if I needed to get some extra stuff done, I could do extra stuff. Um, and I, luckily I don't do that a ton, but I have clients like y'all who like will sometimes know that, but also like, won't like we need this immediately. So it's, it works out really well where I can say like, I'm going to work this chunk of nights just so I can be a little bit more present with him Because he, you know, if I, and that's one reason why I never got like a regular job, because his schedule's always been flexible like this. And so if I was working a full-time job, gone all the time, he, it sounds so silly, but he'd be like, I just want to hang out with you and you're never home because you're working. So it's just my way of being like.
1: Sounds so silly. We know Jesse's going to tune in. Don't worry, Jesse. We understand.
0: I won't say he needs me around all the time. I won't say that.
1: And I will also say, I've seen some of these workouts that y'all do on the line that y'all post. My gosh, this is not like, hey, let's just go work out for a little bit. This is some serious stuff I'm going trying
0: on. I'm probably be right like Craig. I'm just trying to trying to grow. The- <laughs> <laughs> I don't
3: know. I don't know. You guys are hardcore. <laughs> That's
1: I don't know they got workout. they definitely <laughs> got some crazy Craig's going on over there. There's no doubt about that.
3: Oh man, it's yeah, y'all do the crossfit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We crossfitted for years and then outfitted our shed with some CrossFit equipment. So we basically, yeah, we CrossFit at home, which is nice.
1: Awesome. CrossFit at home and then go jump in the swimming pool.
0: Oh my gosh. It's been necessary lately. And he's been like, he's been scheduling the workouts, like programming the workouts. And I'm like, like, Hey, I don't like this. I didn't think you're gonna kill me. You were to me.
1: Really, really testing that yes Oof. answer. It's
0: gonna make me start saying no a lot more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, where along the way? Um, we, we've gone through a little bit about the, the getting married young and the move thousands of miles away. Where along the way did sweet little Zoe come into the picture? Why don't you tell the, the listeners a little bit about your daughter, Zoe?
0: Yeah, Zoe is, um, I like to say she's like a firecracker. Like after the big, loud, scary pop, it's really pretty. Um, and that's like, she comes in with the bang and then she's like really sweet. Um, Zoe entered our lives after our moved to Texas about nine months after being stripped from all of our friends, all of our family in this new state and new job, all of this stuff. And it was, um, I was actually reading a book called kisses from Katie. And it was about this young, young lady who basically gave up her life, her normal, comfortable life in America and moved to Uganda and saw the orphan crisis for what it was, and took on 13 young young girls, like little girls, and became a mom to them at 18, and she just loved them so well, and I just really heard, like, this whisper of, um, like, hey, the, like the Lord kind of whispering to me or, you know, my conscience or whatever you want to say, but it was like, Hey, I've called you to be a mom. Like that's always been your goal in life is to be a mom. There are kids that don't have a mom. What are you going to do about it? And so I like slammed the book shut and looked at Jesse and I was like, Hey, so I think we need to adopt or, um, like sponsor a, a bunch of children. Like we just have to do something. I can't, I can't not do anything about this. Um, and so we just kind of, like, started, we started, like, Googling, like, how do you adopt from Africa? Like, how do you adopt? And so just trying to figure it out. And then we weren't old enough to adopt from a lot of foreign countries because at the time I was 25, 26, and a lot of countries want you to be 30. And then a lot of countries have, like, you have to be in the country for six months, all of these different regulations. So we found the Democratic Party. Republic of Congo is where Zoe's from. And um, it was supposed to be a really simple process, uh, six to nine months, ended up being over three years. Um, It was a long, long ordeal. Jesse visited her one time um, to get her kind of settled into a foster home. And that was really sweet. Um, Some some sweet memories that they both have um, over there. And then she came home um, in August, it'll be five years. And she's changed our lives for the better for sure. And there was times where I would just be like kind of heartbroken and, and worried about what this was going to do to our boys. Like we're messing up their normal and we're wrecking like their lives all for this calling that we believe that was from the Lord. But um, I would have this moment of like, Oh my gosh, we just wrecked our kids' lives. We just wrecked everything. And then I'd have this like moment of like, good, like peace of like, good, like wreck us all. Like we do not need to lead a comfortable, safe happy american looking life like no lord we want to look different we want to be set apart and we sure are we walk into any room and you see us and um we are we are blend, and um then you start assigning and so we're this like crazy kind of commotion of a family that walks into a room so you definitely recognize us and a lot of people um know Zoe in our community. So they'll, you know, Jesse gets stopped like, oh, you're Zoe's dad. And he's like, uh yes. yeah did she did she do something inappropriate? (laughs) Like, is she okay? Like, was she kind? (laughs) So we're kind of always like making sure we're not cleaning up after Zoe. But everybody loves Zoe. Um she is a light in the darkness. She is such a sweet girl. She actually just fractured her leg. Oh my gosh.
1: Oh my yeah, I was just about to say that her attitude through that yeah. process, I'll talk to you a little bit, seems incredible. She's been
0: so nice. And she like has to like call for me. So she's like, like so run into the living room. And I've been kind of like, I just need to get a little bit of work done. You guys like, just let me like, the like a little frustrated. And so I was walking by her earlier and she's like, mom, and I look over and she's like, love you. I'm <laughs> like, you're so sweet <laughs> like all i want to do is like snap at you and then she's like i love you I'm like oh my gosh so yeah this fractured um, fractured tibia fibia i don't know broken leg all the way has been um a really sweet time just to love on her and to serve her and we've been really sarcastic and sweet with her where like we bring her her food tray and we're all like oh our queen our princess and she's like oh okay fine I'm Like i'll take it <laughs> So she's uh, she is yeah. the little girl that we never thought we'd have. Like we just, it wasn't on our radar. We never thought we would adopt, um, but we did, and man, we are better for it because of her.
2: Well, That's a great story, wow. bro, lady, and uh, it brings to mind uh, a Bible quote that goes, "Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is of the womb is a reward." And I think that story epitomizes uh, your story and your,
3: um, getting Zoe to be a part of your life. I think that's wonderful. Mm, thanks. That's awesome. Jeanette. You know, it seems like you've always been very in touch with, uh, God's will or that voice he has and, and what your heart tells you you should do, not just with making big decisions like, Hey, let's move from Alaska to Texas, but Hey, I think we should adopt. And then even into your, your career and, and, and your calling, uh, do you have any advice or insight into like, and I'm sure we'll get into that some more, how you let your heart discern these these thoughts, these decisions, and not necessarily let fear or worry about whether it's the right decision or not uh, stop you, that voice that's telling you no, but letting your heart kind of have the courage to uh, to move forward with those decisions?
0: Yeah, I think I struggle a lot with fear. Um, I have gotten over a lot of that in the past couple of years just because I – I've just kind of like, you know, you, you work out that courage muscle enough and it just kind of comes naturally. Not naturally. It just takes you less time to get over it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that um, we're not called to live a a life of fear. Like we're called to live a courageous life. Like um, there's a Bible verse that says it's the first Yeah. Uh, no, it is Joshua one nine that says I've commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. The Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. And that's just a verse that like, I've always leaned on. It's actually the first one our boys learned and memorized. And, um, it has just been this, um, if I feel fear, then I take a step towards like, it's, I'm not one that's going to run recklessly into the, the fear, but like, that first step, like, okay, well, if I'm afraid, does this, what does this look like? So I kind of take that step, like, okay, like this first step wasn't so bad. So like, what's the next step? And what's the next step? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just completed this first task in this whole big, scary thing. And it actually wasn't that bad. And so I think that that's kind of my, that's my, like, if I'm afraid, try to take a step forward.
1: That's a wonderful way of uh, of looking at it and attacking fear, a topic that we want to discuss at some point. I think that's that's really incredible insight there. What about this, Je- Jeanette? I think you alluded to you kind of grew up in uh, your – did you say your dad was a pastor? Yeah,
0: yeah I grew up in a Baptist church.
1: So you grew up with faith being a part of your life. Has that evolved over time? We've talked a lot about involvement in the podcast in several past episodes. What can you tell the listeners maybe a little bit about how your faith life has evolved over time, especially with some of these big leaps you've made in your life?
0: Um, I think that, so even from a young age, like I've I've been in the church since I was like conceived, like I've been in the church. Um, And so to kind of like take my faith on as, as an adult has been kind of the hardest part of my faith journey where it was, um, just kind of always a given, like it was always a given that I'd be in church or it was always a given that I believed in God or that I was a Christian. And, um, so to that, that year of preparation of moving to Texas was really like, but God, I'm so comfortable here. Like, this is good. This is a good place for us. And it was kind of like, okay, well, do you trust me? Like, do you trust me, the Lord, the God of your life? Or do you trust comfort more? And man, that's been another lesson that, that I've just been like really leaning into in quarantine. Like, okay, like a lot of your comforts have been stripped away. Like, yeah, you're still at home and you're still comfortable here. But like like the ease of restaurants or the ease of just like being with friends, like a lot of those like comforts, which I kind of I liken them to like idolatry, like idols. Like these idols that I hold on to have been stripped away stripped away stripped away not stripped away have been stripped away and now it's like okay so who do you trust who do you believe and that's been like the biggest lesson in my adulthood as I have leaned into my faith more and more and as I have like learned to parent little people to make sure that their faith is strong one day to make sure that they can say like okay like the God of my father, the God of my mother, has been good and faithful to us. Therefore, I can put my trust in in Him as well.
1: That's awesome, man. I think it's uh, I think it's neat to see that your passion for the Lord, your faith, etc., shines forth throughout. I've, I've gotten to know you really well. Yes, the Bros, John and Craig, are normally be bopping around in other worlds, but me and Bro Lady talk every week, just about a, a couple of times going over stuff. And I've always sensed that from you, and I've listened to a couple episodes of your podcast. And I think that's a kind of a good segue in there. Another big leap you made in life is to start your own business. And you said five years ago, you would have never imagined, um, I guess, being where you are, what led you to kind of go through that door in your life?
0: So basically, the my podcast like was kind of the first step where I was like, I want to do something creative. I love to write. I love to speak. Um, I always got in trouble in high school for talking too much or not being in class because I was talking or being too like John friendly. <laughs> like I always just was like busy. I was busy talking, um, and so I was I was. I guess Zoe had gone off to school. So all three kids were in school and I just kind of had idle hands and I know that we are called to be creative. Like we all, we, all three of us, all four of us use our creativity in different ways. And so I was kind of like, Lord, what do you want? Like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of bored. Like, I don't want to, I don't know what to do next. And so, I would listen to podcasts. I love podcasts. I have said in a couple of different interviews. But the first podcast I listened to, this will go over your guys' head, I'm sure. The first podcast I ever listened to was a Twilight Saga <laughs> podcast. Where they talked about the Twilight.
1: <laughs> I've heard of you?
0: <laughs> So I would listen to a podcast about Twilight. And um so I've listened yeah. to podcasts forever. <laughs> and um I w like nowadays, like before, like after twilight. And now I would listen to podcasts and be like, man, I wish they would ask this question or I wish I could like hear why they did this. And so I'd kind of like create these like stories in my head about like, if I could ask this person, this question. And I talked to Jesse about it and I was like, man, I just kind of want to do something. I like, kind of like, I'm, I want to, I want to be creative again or do something different. And so um, he actually surprised me with my microphone. <laughs> he um, gifted it to me. I thought he was buying me a camera so I could start a YouTube channel cause I was going to vlog, but he was like, no, start a podcast. Like do this. Um, which I'm very thankful. Podcasting is so much easier than vlogging. So he really was my, he's always, and that's just another part of our marriage. Like we've always just tried to cheer one another on, but he is such a good cheerleader and he's such a good, um, supporter. And so this was, yeah, he was like, start a podcast. Let's do it. And so, um, he would carve out time for me to learn. Like, I basically like had to go to school. I like, sat down in front of YouTube and learned a bunch of stuff. And then I would buy courses on like, how to use social media as like a way of actual work instead of just like posting cute pictures of my kids and stuff like that. So I really just like dove head first into like, what does podcasting look like? And then I um, started my own podcast. And then after that, people like podcasting just started blowing up. And so I'd get a lot of questions like, well, how did you do this? Or how did you do this? Or can you start this for me? And so I just kind of started like helping people One of my friends was like, you need to start charging for this. Like, I was like, no, like I'm podcasting. I don't want it. I don't want this to be, I don't need to make money on this. I want to make money podcasting. And she's like, people are asking you to do something for them. You are providing a service. You have got to make this a business. So I started, um, started a business and I, it's so, it's such a, blessing and um it's just such a fun thing but like I've never had to advertise like I just like y'all heard heard from me from a former client who I adore um and their podcast is doing so well and so I just I've never had to advertise I feel like my reputation kind of precedes me and people know what they're going to get when they when they call me because you guys called me and I'm like here's the deal I'm a mom I have three kids (laughs) I'm always around like it's fine (laughs) (laughs) so people like feel like they know me when when they sign on and and then I just get to be their friend and edit their podcast and make sure they sound as good as possible and so this business side of it was something I was like no 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 like people just want help and so it's kind of like the consulting side just kind of came naturally
2: so what do you find is the most rewarding thing doing this type of service for people
0: I really love the friendships behind it. It's um it it's hard for me when people don't become my friend. <laughs> 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 there's it, a couple clients who have really good boundaries. Um, and so that's always hard. So the most rewarding thing is when I like when you had your baby, I was like, oh my gosh, like I get to be involved in these conversations like there's a baby. like <laughs> it's the conversations and the in the friendships and the um, like I had a friend, I had a friend, I had a client this week and her dog died. And so I was just like, I get to be a part of these like relationships. And that is like the coolest part for me. Like, and, and it's, it's just so much fun. Like, I really enjoy it. Like I said, like listening to you guys at the beginning of every episode say, Hey bro lady, Hey bro lady, Hey bro lady. Like it just makes me happy. (laughs) Like I get to be a part of like something so much bigger than me and my show, but I get to see like all of these different shows. Like I've done shows with realtors to you guys talking about friendship as, as men, which I told you, I thought was so interesting. And then I get to, um, there's been like, there's one show about branding and what, you know, I just get to be a part of like all of these different shows that I get to learn from. There's one of my very favorite shows I get to edit for. She's from Louisiana. See, I have all these friends, um, from Louisiana. Uh, her show is called it's about time. And she talks all about productivity. And so I get to edit it and I'm like taking notes while I'm editing because I get to learn from her. And so I think that like the friendships and the learning and the, the, the relationships I get is like the, the highest point for me.
1: awesome. Yeah, I think it matches really well with your love of people. You seem to have a genuine love for people in the world.
0: Yes, I really, really
2: do. And for those of you out there listening, this is the uh, young lady who says the introduction at the beginning of our podcast. Uh, Several people have asked me, they're like, that's your wife, right? I'm like, no, that's our bro lady.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's our bro lady lady. (laughs) that she met.
0: Yes, I have to to actually read it every time I do it because I'm always afraid I'm going to say it differently. Well,
2: yeah, that's you it. saw the opening of this one. It, it can be a tr- can be something get in trouble with.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what about this facet, uh, bro, lady? About maybe staying true to yourself. You you strike me as a person that is that has always kind of been true to yourself. Uh, you said that back to one of your old boyfriends back in the day, and, and you know sticking to your morals, your beliefs in life. And I've listened to some of your podcasts too, and I, I've gotten that sense of uh, you seem very. Uh, grounded in who you are same thing with your family you're saying i I kind of have a blended family out there we have sweet little zoe we're signing we're doing all kind of stuff but you seem perfectly comfortable in your own skin can you maybe share a little bit about that with the listeners yeah
0: i think that just comes to practice um and i think growing up as a pastor's kid we were kind of like we were almost like stilted in some stuff where the community might look different on us if we did you know like we had family leave our church because I was speeding down the freeway or the highway. We don't have freeways, but like, you know, so it was kind of this, this, like, we were always very careful about how, what we did would look for our dad. And that kind of jaded me in a sense. And so now I have to check myself all the time is what I'm doing. Is it is it to make myself look good, or is it because that's just what I like to do? Like, and I think that with social media and with this like time that we can make all of this stuff look like a highlight reel. I try my really I try my best to make sure that um, what I'm posting is me, and that it is um, just kind of who I try to be all the time and not even who I try to be, but like, just like, I, I am constantly checking myself before I wreck myself. Um, which is, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's a great answer for that. I just, I know how I want to be perceived and I have to, um, I, if I want to be perceived that way, it means I have to be that way. And so if I want to be perceived as a person who cares about friendships and cares about relationships, it means I have to be that person. I have to care about my friendships. I have to care about people. Um, and that's, that's who I want to be. I, um, I've said it in a podcast before, and Jesse and I have kind of laughed about it. But um, I've said, like, I want at my funeral people to be like, man, she was a good friend. She was such a good person. She always had our back. She was always cheering us on. And he's like, maybe they could say we're a good wife or a good mom. I was like, no. I
3: nailed that. Friendship. Yeah, I just
0: want to be really good at friendship. <laughs> so it's been... Um, it's been a journey for sure just to own like man i have learned to apologize to my kids because i fall short all the time i've learned to apologize to my friends because man i should have said that like oh i you know like i really failed you there but i've also learned that like okay if you want to be this way you want to be seen this way you want to blaze this path you have to own it and you have to be it
1: very cool that's awesome very cool
0: uh i got a quick
2: question about zoe i know that you uh adopted her she came from africa and a whole different culture different race do you feel that it's important for her to maintain that culture and uh or not and how are you do? how are you managing that
0: yeah i think it's been really hard because we she came home and she like i said she's deaf and so really and truly the culture that we lean into the most is the deaf culture um it's kind of hard because her time in africa was really hard for her and if we talk about it she hasn't shut down or anything and she's not like fearful of it but it's um it's not it's it's a little bit harder because she when she didn't hear like like any of the culture that was like really prevalent for her was kind of lacking um because of her lack of hearing and so the culture we focus in on the most for her is her is the deaf community. It's the, um, the, the, ones telling her, you know, like, man, you are, you are unique and you are special. And all of these things are because, because you're deaf, because you are this like really sweet little thing. And she's in a school, um, For it's a Texas School for the Deaf, so she goes to school up there. And she actually actually has a lot of friends adopted. And so she's one of many deaf adopted kids in her classroom. And I feel like that's the culture that we care so much about is one, we have community here. Actually, we have we have friends here who were adopted from the Congo as well. And so we have like this sweet little Congo connection. And then we have this like really unique Deaf adopted connection. So those are the cultures that we try to keep the most. Every once in a while she'll say, um, she wants, you know, like she she will want some like specific foods that they had in the Congo and, and we'll make sure we do that for her. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's it's a little bit different, but I will say like for us to see other families that look like us is really important for us and for her to um her to know kind of her friend's stories within this like adoptive world. Uh, her best friend from school excuse me her best friend from school is adopted from india so they're like well they'll look at the map and be like, wow. you're here and i was here and we were so close and then we came to america you know it's just this really sweet like those are the things that we try to keep more prevalent because her time in africa was a little bit harder
2: yeah and uh i know the deaf community is pretty tight-knit community um i took a couple of classes in uh signing whenever i was in college and that right, community if you get into it it's they're they're
1: very welcoming, and it's certainly tight and hit for sure. Ah, uh, that's really cool. Well, look, uh, bro, lady, we're gonna kind of start making our way toward the end of things here, and we have a couple of things we like to do on the segments, as you know. And the first of which would be to ask you, as our guest, who do you think's driving your car? Yeah. That could be God, it could be free will, it could be something like the pandemic, health, your husband. Who do you think? Jesse would want your car? me to say is him for
0: sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I always, I, whenever I hear y'all say that, ask this. I always think, Jesus, take me.
2: Um,
0: Finally, somebody
2: else singing, and it isn't just me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. so I might say that.
3: <laughs> no,
1: cut that. No, it's good. Cut that out. <laughs> no, we're leaving that for sure. Uh,
0: um, so I would, I would definitely say, like the Lord. Like I cannot do anything well um, on my own free will. Um, I think that everything I do is, um, for his glory, for his good and with his goodness. And, um, yeah, I would just say like the Lord's driving my car. Like, and if he's not, I hope that like, I lose control soon.
1: What do you mean by that? I'm just curious. You lose control soon.
0: Well, if I lose control, then the, then I have to let Jesus take the wheel <laughs> <Yeah.
1: up. laughs> I was like, wait, what? Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Sorry. Okay, no, that's
1: beautifully said. No, that's... I
0: don't want to have control for very long. If I have control for too long or at all, it just kind of isn't good for anybody.
1: No, that's awesome. Okay, we will uh, we'll roll into the weekly segment of what made you pump the gas and/or what made you hit the brakes. And I think Bro Lady's going to take this one into the barn for us too. And uh, we're going to go with what made you pump the gas this week,
0: Bro Lady. My kids' camp said that we can have camp this summer. So like they'll go to summer camp. And it was one of those things where we like we told them early on, like, hey, prepare your hearts. Camp might not happen, um, which is something they look forward to all year. the last last year was the first year, all three kids, all three of our kids went to camp at the same time. So, Jesse and I boogied out of town, and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to, if our kids get to go to camp, then Jesse and I get to have mom and dad camp, which is just a time for us to go be alone.
1: That's awesome. Hey. Oh, good times. No, that's great. Uh, and this year, the destination is going to take you to Florida, hopefully, which will take you right through Lake Charles.
0: Yes. Yep. That is the hope. We want some.
1: Yes. Boxes. I had that to Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yes, we will most certainly treat you there if you, uh, if and when you bebop through Lake Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
3: guys. Not uh, too long, otherwise
1: going to pay for it. I, just cost me about a, I don't know how much it cost me. <laughs> I can only assume that that was Craig. I didn't hear anything. I
3: didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything, but I love, I love that. I love that story.
1: That was awesome. All right, everybody. We appreciate everyone tuning in this week to the, um, to our special guest Jeanette. She's a really important part of our lives. So we thought it would be neat to share some of her with you all. And hopefully you've gained a lot from her, her attitude, look on life, faith journey she's endured along the way and uh Jeanette we thought it'd be good a good time for you to let the world know where they can find you where they can find you, what the name of your podcast is and where they can find you and a little bit about it
0: yeah uh the best place to find me is Instagram and I am there all the time and it is um at Jeanette Tapley and then if you have any uh, like questions about the podcast or um any like podcast services or anything like that it's time for coffee is the best place to do that and yeah I'm Oh, and it's time for coffee. That's my podcast. So it's available on any podcast app you want to listen to, just like who's driving your car.
1: Very cool. Well, we appreciate everything uh, you've done for us. Yes. Thank you, bro lady.
3: (laughs) Thanks for coming on, bro lady.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we appreciate it. And look, until next time, we'll catch y'all later. Hey, y'all. If you've
2: been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week.
1: You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast.
2: Perfect timing, sun is shining.